Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. And I am J.V. Mosher. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history and the resurrection of Jesus <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> We're going to tell you what makes him great, what makes him great, why we think they're awesome and he's awesome, and why you should think they're awesome and he's awesome, too. JP, how you doing this Man, fine I'm Easter? I'm doing fantastic. As you mentioned, it's Easter week here on the Great Song Podcast, and even though we try to not beat y'all over the head with our Christian faith, and we try to uh, be very cognizant on how we roll out our beliefs, this week seemed like a good time to do a special on the Jesus Music Movement uh, artist, Don Francisco. Yeah. Late 60s, early 70s. 70s, this was a big part of like popular and even dare I say rock and roll music yeah. as you know the long haired hippies of the music industry began converting to Christianity mm-hmm. and maybe no bigger Jesus music artist or song than uh, Rob tell them what we're uh, what we're covering this is one of the absolute Easter bangers of all time <laughs> this is he's alive by Don Francisco <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> the gates and doors were barred. I feel like he changed his strings one time, down. and it was before this recording. I can't sleeplessness and rose at every sound. <laughs> half in hopeless sorrow and half in fear the day would find the soldiers breaking through to drag us all away. Close to Hotel California, as it gets with it. That inspired Hotel California. <laughs> yeah. The gate began to rattle. Felder's like, I got an idea. Hurried to the window, looked down into the street, expecting swords and torches, and the sound of soldiers' feet. There was no one there but Mary. So I went I'm going to at least let the groove come in. Okay. John stood there beside me as she told us where but she'd I, been. Y'all better know, I'm about she to break this song him in down. The night, <laughs> and none of us knows where the stone's been rolled away. And now his body isn't there. We both ran toward the garden. Then John ran on ahead. We found the stone in the empty tomb Just the way that Mary said But the winding sheet that wrapped him in Was just an empty shell And how or where they'd taken him Was more than I could tell Okay, let's pause it there. So this is an, a, a non-traditional song structure. Okay, we're talking about, we're looking at the way the way I interpret the lyric. Okay. We're looking at eight verses <laughs> Holy cow. And and a refrain. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's not like verse, chorus, verse, yeah. chorus, bridge, bridge, chorus, chorus, yeah. out. Yeah. We're Outro. looking at we're looking at eight verses <laughs> with interludes between most of them. Yeah. Uh and and then just a refrain. You could call it the chorus if you yeah. like, um, or whatever, when we get to the very, very, very end of the song. But that doesn't happen until this is uh let's see. How 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 much are we looking at here total? We're looking at Almost five minutes. Four okay. minutes, 53. The ending doesn't... The refrain doesn't come in until probably 
at least four full minutes into the song. Man. All right, well, let's start at the beginning because I'm, I'm Don't really... Don't stop believing. Eat your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. So that's He's Alive by Don Francisco from the 1977 album Forgiven. Um, it is my wife's favorite song. Of all time. Really? It is. All uh, right. Maybe Crystal will listen to one. And, uh, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us, Crystal. And she heard me playing it while I was doing research, and she's like, are you doing this song? I was like, yeah. She's like, yeah. <laughs> um, and she made sure. She said, make sure you tell everybody it's my favorite song. And we're going to talk to Don Francisco. Yeah. Like, and you may uh, you may know this song. If you don't know the Don Francisco version, you surely know the Dolly Parton version. Absolutely. Um, and we're going to talk some more about that in a little later, but we're going to give Don his flowers first. Um, Don, like you said, one of the original sort of Jesus music era. Um, and when we say that, that's a, a specific term. It's not yeah. just, we're saying music about Jesus, but there's a Jesus music, um, Jesus, uh, what's it called? Movement. The, the, the Jesus, Jesus movement, movement yeah. music, mm-hmm. the music of the Jesus movement in the seventies when, uh, and actually a movie is just coming out about it, which yeah. odd timing, uh, that we would be doing this now, but the, the Jesus, what's it called? The Jesus revolution or something? The, I don't know. The movie yeah. about Greg Laurie and, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I can't wait to see it. And, um, so anyway, it's this, this whole movement of, like you said, uh, you know, hippies and, and whatever getting into, um, Christian music and starting to make, a, a different kind of Christian music mm-hmm. um, than had been done before. It was outside of traditional hymns and psalms. Yeah, and for those of y'all that don't n- know, like, Christian music was basically just hymns and gospel, if you yeah. will. But, like, right. yes. but this is, like, rock and roll. This is their version of rock and roll Christian music. Yeah, so the, the, and, and, you know, a lot of folk. It's like if, yeah. uh, if Crosby, Stills, and Nash started going to church, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, that kind of gives you the beginning of the Jesus movement yep. on the music side. And I've then got you some end up things with things like, on different pioneers of the Jesus music we can oh, talk great. about. Oh, great. Okay, perfect. Um, so I won't spoil any of that. But um, Don Francisco is certainly among those, and he is among the most prolific uh, and impactful and just plain good of, you know, of those early um, and it, it's the movement, you know, that eventually becomes what we call CCM, yeah. contemporary Christian music, um, that has now branched into, you know, now there's every kind of Christian music. Yeah. If you're like, I want to write a song about Jesus, it doesn't, the style of it yeah. can be anything you there's want to. There's metal, there's rap, there's everything. Yeah, at this point, it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it just, it just wasn't. But they, the Jesus movement uh, introduced a more like a, you know, casual sort of style yeah. of of uh, Christian songwriting and, you know, it wasn't necessarily all for church, you know, to mm-hmm. like be sung in church. It was just, you know, personal music of like devotion and stuff like that. Which is good too, that you said that. Cause like before all the Christian music was something that you could play in church. That's a yeah. good way to say it. Whereas mm-hmm. this is something you could just listen to. Yeah. And that's really good. I yeah. Like it. So yeah, you don't expect now, of course you do expect to hear this, this particular song <laughs> in church, but not every Don Francisco song yeah. you're going to hear in church. You're not going to hear, uh, I have to shout out by the way, my acoustic guitar player at church is name is Ray Phillips. There you go. He's the coolest dude. He's in his 70s, his late 70s, um, and he plays acoustic guitar with my stupid rock and roll music every week at church. <laughs> and um, But he is Don Francisco's biggest fan. That's I awesome. mean, he, I kid you not, I'll try not to be hyperbolic here. 
three Sundays out of four, he plays me a Don Francisco song on his on his guitar <laughs> while he's setting up, and it's great. a different one every time. That's great. But like he, so he loves like you can't get to he- what is he, what do you say? You can't get to heaven on on a trailer hitch yeah. or something uh, like in you a know, pair of jeans because yeah. God ain't got no washing machines. There, wow, there you go. bringing it. Yeah. So like every week, he's like, "Do you know that Don Francisco song?" As though he's never asked me before uh-huh. if I, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, but anyway, so he's I, I'm so excited for him that we're doing this. Um, but um, this guy you're not singing that in church. He, he plays an Alvarez, and you know he really does. He, yeah. That's his guitar of choice, and you hear it, and you're like, "That's an Alvarez." Have <laughs> yeah. you ever played an Alvarez? Maybe once. I freaking love them. Okay, so I love them. One of the guys that um, played at my church had one, and the deepness, and they're like the perfect singer songwriter to guitar mm, to me. Yeah. I freaking love an Alvarez. Okay, so, anyway, just throwing uh, that. So let's see the the my song- point of that. I wonder if your buddy plays an Alvarez. No, he does. He plays a Taylor. Okay. Um. But uh, anyway, okay, so He's Alive, the song itself, won the 1980 Dove Award for Song of the Year. The Dove Awards, we've mentioned before several times, uh, but they're sort of the, um, you don't want to say the Grammys of Christian the Christian Grammys, music industry, but, but like, I guess that's kind of what they are. If we, yeah, if we can call the Junos the Canadian Grammys, yeah. we can call the Doves the Christian Grammys. Yeah. Um, so it won the 1980 Dove Award for Song of the Year, and Don Francisco won the 1980 Dove Award for Songwriter of the Year. Um, based, you know, primarily off of this song, but that, but also from that album, um, Forgiven, kind of taking off. It took a little time. Like the album came out in '77, if I've done my research right, and took it a couple years for the for it to latch on. But uh, once it did, it became an instant classic. What this year song, did Dolly's version come out? Dolly's version came out in 1989. Okay, it released uh, on her album White Limousine, which is spelled L I M O Z E E N. Uh, which also, here's another CCM tie-in. Uh, that album of Dolly's also features one of my favorite Dolly tracks. Why'd you come in here looking like that? You know that song? I don't think so. Really? Hold on. No, I'll play a little. You it. know, let me play Maybe a little chorus. Why'd you come in here looking like that in your cowboy boots and your painted on jeans? You know this? Maybe. Maybe. I, I, like a I feel like I should like it. Why'd you come in here looking like Anyway, great song. I love that song uh, by Dolly. And that was a big comeback album for her. Um, but that song was written by two guys from the CCM group Allies. That'd yeah, be the Randy Allies? Thomas and Bob Carlisle. Yeah. Butterfly Kisses guy. That's right. Well, this is maybe a good time to meet the band because okay. the band that I did was Dolly's version. Oh. Because. Okay. Anyway, let's talk about the band on Dolly's version. Okay, great. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Alright, we're gonna meet the band that played on He's Alive, the Dolly version. Um because I I play a little bit of the play Dolly a little version. Of it? Yeah, and then we'll come back and, and play the jingle again. Okay. <laughs> so Dolly's version, okay. It this follows his version almost exactly production wise. His version is in A minor. Okay? okay, think about that. Her version is in G minor. Okay, a step lower. So it's but hot, but she sings in a different register. That's right. So it's really a flat seventh higher yeah. than uh, than a step lower. And by the time that high note you just heard the guitar hit that's the note she's going to hit at the end of this song it's funny to me to think about how they finger that because if he's in A minor you got to fing- do some serious capo yeah. or just play it differently yeah should I play the ending of hers before we play the ending of Dawn's 
<laughs> let me just let you hear this note, okay, that Dolly's going to hit here at the end. Let's just catch the last refrain, and we'll see how I get there. Don's got range. Crush it, Dolly. Crush it, Dolly. All right, let's meet Dolly's band. All right, let's meet him. Let's all meet All right, so on drums, we got Eddie Bayers, um, Academy of Country Music Drummer of the Year, 14 years. 14 times. Wow. Yeah, he has Drummer played Drummer of the on, Year, 14 over, times. Get this. Over 300 gold and platinum albums. Holy smokes. Yeah. George Jones, Garth, he's the drummer on Life and Time of Chris Gaines. Trisha Yearwood, May 1st, 2022, inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. With that, I didn't know that stat. That, he's maybe the most notable drummer in country music. Dude, ever. that's 300 insane. gold and platinum that albums. Eddie Bayer's killing it on drums. Acoustic guitar, uh, Mark Cass Stevens. Uh, he rubbed shoulders alongside Chet Atkins and has played on over 250 charting albums. So this band Dang. is like... It's ridiculous. Crushing. I mean, uh, it's for Dolly. It's I Dolly. guess it makes sense. Okay. It's on bass. Mike Brignardello. You may know this name as he's the bass player for Giant. Yes, oh, Giant. Oh, sick. Okay. Player. Play a little Shake Me Up, okay. which he wrote. Uh, this is his song. So normally most of the of the Giant songs are Dan Huff songs, but this is a Shake Me Up by Giant. Neat riff at the beginning. Listen to him carrying the verse underneath. Um, kind of funny that in the mix that I was listening to. Anyway, great riff. Yeah. What are you saying about the mix? Uh, I would have raised the bass a little. Yeah. And it's the bass player of it. But he's just carrying it. Anyway, great song. Freaking love that song. Giant. So that's Mike on bass. Um, The Nashville String Machine carries the strings in Dolly's version. Uh, we talked about Bob Carlisle. Um, he played some guitar on this. Um, other guitar, uh, or he did help compose other guitar legends on this. So the guitarists on Dolly's version, Albert Lee and Reggie Young. So Albert Lee freaking playing guitar. Nice. Uh, produced um, and did some extra acoustic parts put in there. Um, some mainly guitar. Ricky Skaggs. Okay, so, yeah. There you that's go. right. I forgot. He produced it. And of yep. course, it makes sense that he uh, filled that in he all the played, other stuff. Yeah, he played a lot of stuff. So that's yeah. the band on, okay. uh, on Dolly's version. All right. Here's my here's my note for, for Meet the Band on the Don Francisco version. Okay. Uh, that I didn't know. But the the sick drum groove that we yeah. get into, that's Don. He, ah, okay. He played drums on the record. I didn't know that. Apparently. That's awesome. So uh, Yeah, I know he did most everything. Yeah. So that's why I went with Dolly's version, but I didn't realize he played drums. Yeah. So that that drum groove, and I'm going to talk about it in a minute, but that's a thick, a thick groove. Uh-huh. That's uh, cool. So, all right. So here's, here's what I want to do. Well, here's a little more. While we're talking about Dolly's, I'll go ahead and kind of do my Dolly segment here. She performed her version of He's Alive at the 1989 CMA Awards. Okay. Um, which is, you don't get... I guess it was probably more likely then that you might get a gospel song on the CMAs than it is now. You know, now you're not going to do He's Alive on the no. CMAs. Probably. Now you're getting booty shorts and cleavage. And guess, they're singing about I guess we things. got, I mean, I guess we probably got Jesus Take the Wheel at some point. Okay. You yeah. know, yeah. right? That's so true. that's about okay. as close as you're going to get. Um, but uh, even that is a different kind of song yeah. than this, right? So anyway, but she did it on the uh, CMA Awards with the Christchurch Choir. It's just oh, Dolly yeah. standing up for the whole for the whole song, big empty stage. And then there's a screen behind her, and the screen kind of gets lit up, and you can see then that it reveals that the Christchurch Choir is behind it, and uh, at the very end for That's the cool. for the big ending. 
I didn't and uh, the people are like crying and like raising their hands in worship. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a real moment, you yeah. know, they're having there at the CMAs and uh, she gets a standing ovation and you know, everybody's like wiping their face and stuff. It's <laughs> great. Um, so, and she released it as a single. It was the third or fourth single from that album, White Limousine. Um, and it went to number 39 on the U.S. country chart and number 49 in Canada. The album itself went gold and it went to number three in the U.S. and number 18 in Canada. It was the number six, uh, I'm sorry, it was the number 36 country album of 1989 and and the number 14 country album of 1990. So okay. big so album for her. it went up in 90. Yeah, and that, um, that album was kind of a comeback album of sorts for Dolly because her previous album had not been well received because it was um, leaning away from country music. So okay. this was, she was like, okay, I'm going to bring it back to more country, mm -hmm. like more like country, country. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, so a, a lot of people really uh, loved that album of hers. Okay. Let's dig into the song itself. Let's do it. And uh, I've got some, some really interesting um, just notes here and some great theory we're going to talk through. Okay. So first of all, the song itself is written from the perspective of the Apostle Peter, okay, also called Simon Peter in the Bible. His name was Simon, and Jesus later refers to him as Peter and get, kind of gives him the name change. In Scripture, sometimes you see him as Simon, sometimes you see him as Peter, sometimes Simon Peter. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just to clear that up so we know what we're talking about. And <clears throat> Peter, if you know the, the, the Bible narrative, Peter is living with guilt and shame from having denied Jesus on the night that he was taken away to be crucified. Jesus told him at one point, like, Peter, Peter's all full of uh, gusto, and he's like, I'm going to go with I you got your back. to the very end. You got, it's me and you, Jesus, me and you. <laughs> and Jesus is like, yeah, right. You're going to deny me three times before the night is over. Yeah. And Peter's like, you're crazy, <laughs> Lord. And um, But sure enough, before the night is over, people are looking for Jesus, and uh, Peter's like, I don't know the guy. Mm. Not me. I have no idea. And they're like, no, you're one of his people. And he's like, absolutely not. No. Nope. And uh, so anyway, uh, and so then... He basically like Jesus like sees him across the courtyard, look like give you know, gives him a look, which I would love to see what oh, that man. look was, right? If it was like if it was a look of like, oh Peter, I told you and you uh -huh. still did it, you're right? Or if it was like uh, like, like yeah. Uh, okay. Or did he right? give him the wink and the guns like gotcha? <laughs> <laughs> told you, bro. <laughs> like, don't you ain't getting it past me. Uh -huh. You know who I am. <laughs> you know? But uh so anyway, he, he Peter locks eyes with Jesus and just goes into a shame spiral, uh -huh. right? He's yeah. like, oh, my God. We know that feeling, right? Yeah. God, I, I messed it up again? Yeah. You told me, and uh -huh. I messed it up again. Yeah. But, like, okay, so uh, so that's kind of where Peter's at, okay, at uh -huh. this point. And then Jesus gets crucified, and they're like, everybody's world is just rocked. We've been uh -huh. following this guy. We've bought into this guy. He's the Messiah. He's the chosen one. He's going to free our people, and now he's dead. And what? You know? <laughs> So that's where Peter's at right now, because Jesus is is uh, dead at this point. And maybe I should zoom out a little bit if you don't know the Easter narrative. I'm not going to assume that anybody knows the Easter narrative, but the Easter narrative is that Jesus, who is the you know the savior of the Jewish people and indeed the, like the world, it, that's kind of the big the big revelation about him is like I'm not just actually here for the Jews. I'm actually here for everybody. Um, gets crucified and then three days later. Uh, raises from the dead, okay? And that's the that's the story that this song is telling, but it's through the eyes of the Apostle Peter. But we, the crazy thing about this song is we don't actually know that it's Peter until at least the third verse. Yeah. There's two full verses 
where you don't know where the song is coming from, mm-hmm. right? It's just setting a setting a scene, but you don't realize that the narrator is somebody specific. Uh-huh. So, and even then, in the third verse, you have to know your Bible pretty well to figure out that it's Peter, yeah. right? Because so, verse three lyrically says, "There was no one there but Mary." So I went down to let her in. Okay. Um, that narrows it down to who it that could narrows be. it down because if you know this if you know the story you okay the apostles Mary runs to tell the disciples who were gathered she runs to tell them that she has seen Jesus alive um it says John stood there beside me as she told us where she'd been so we know it's not John we know it's not John him. right she said they moved him in the night and none of us knows where the stone's been rolled away and now his body isn't there okay here's where you get if you know your Bible you can tell that this is Peter. We both ran toward the garden, mm-hmm. then John ran right. on ahead. And this is one of the pettiest moments in all of Dude, Scripture. I get John makes sure that he writes that he's faster than yes, Peter. This Absolutely. comes from the book of John, okay? so <laughs> I freaking love it. I'm going to read this straight from, so here's the, okay. It says, we both ran toward the garden, then John ran on ahead. We found the stone in the empty tomb, just the way that Mary said. But the winding sheet they wrapped him in was just an empty shell, and how or where they'd taken him was more than I could tell. Okay, now here it is from the book of John, chapter 20. Okay? And yes, we realize this sounds like a shell silver as Rob reads it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Sure, of course. Sarah, Cynthia, Sylvia Stout would not take the garbage <laughs> yeah. out. Um, okay, so John chapter 20 says, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, this is not Mary, the mother of Jesus, this is a different Mary, came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. First of all, that's I the way that, that, too, that John refers to himself as, as the one he loved. The disciple that Jesus like, loved. I'm his favorite. Yeah. He loves me. And said to them, <laughs> Uh, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Okay, so if you know that that interaction is with with Peter and John, then there's your that's where you know. But then here's the next here's the next clue. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And that's John great. just it's, being it's like, like outran. It wasn't. It's like I'm faster. Yeah, I love it. That's like, one of my favorite things. Ever. Not a, I'm Jesus's favorite. And, and I'm faster. Faster than Peter. <laughs> okay. Right. And this, there's actually some great stuff in there about, you know, uh, j- like, um, you know, John being like a younger generation mm-hmm. than Peter, you know, that kind of stuff. Like I've heard like, you know, sermonettes preached on just that verse about generational whatever, but then John waits for Peter to like come and verify, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's anyway, working generations working together. There's a nice, there's a nice thing there. But anyway, okay, so then it says, and stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there. This would be the cloths that they wrapped him in for burial. Uh, And the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Okay, so um, that's where you get the winding sheet they wrapped him in was just an empty shell. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, he said it again. The other disciple, in by, case you didn't mean, in case you forgot, I beat him faster than Peter. Um, <laughs> he also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Every so, time he references himself, it's about something great that he is. <laughs> like yeah. Um, so that's that's where we are. So if you know that's that bit of the story then you know by the third verse that it's peter Mm. if you don't know that then you don't really get it until he's talking about um you know uh living in the in shame and the you know when at last it came to choices i denied i knew his name right then you go oh oh oh, this is peter right and then you rewind it and listen from the beginning because you go okay now i know what we're talking about let me start over um okay 
Well, I don't want to steal. You may have this as your thunder, but you know why? Because he originally wrote it. He wanted to write it um, as the perspective of Doubting Thomas. Like, yes. That's how he wanted to. Anyway, you can. Yeah. And he, so he said that he, 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 had a, he had a hard time kind of locking in the song until he landed on doing it from Peter's perspective, mm-hmm. which definitely gives another layer of dramatic oomph yeah. to, to the story. Especially the chorus when it's like the revelation I feel yeah. like would be more impactful coming from Peter than anybody else because of what he's had to go through versus everybody else. Right, yes. Like Peter's level of guilt is is probably only secondary to the level of guilt of like Judas yeah. at this point, right? Like feeling like Who's you had dropped the ball. Hang himself. Yeah, so. Judas, yeah, Judas is the one who betrayed Jesus mm-hmm. that ends up getting him, you know, taken and crucified. So the the next like the next most shame level is probably Peter yeah. because he is, you know, denied and 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 done those things. So um so for him to turn around at the end and and what we get in the end is that, you know, Jesus comes to the group and he he comforts Peter, you know, and, and they have this moment in the song, which I'm going to play in the last verse. Don't think I'm not going to play it. It's incredible. Um, and then for, you know, for then for Peter to be, um, you know, forgiven personally and like everybody, you know what I mean? He's alive. I'm forgiven. We can all be forgiven. You know, all this stuff. Um, okay. Now. Here's what I want to dig into for a second, because this song, like, I don't care whether or not you believe anything about this song or this story. Okay. I don't care if you are with us as like believers or if this means zip to you, if you don't give a crap about Easter, this song is still an absolute masterclass in production. If nothing else, songwriting, you can't, you can't deny this is a greatly written song, okay? But even if it means nothing to you, then let me just submit the production of this song to you as an argument for why you should love it, okay? Because it's great, and we think it's awesome, and you should too, all right? <laughs> Through, throughout the whole song, you've got instruments adding and intensifying the, along with the story, mm-hmm. right? Building these layers and backing off at just the right moments, dynamics and even chord changes that reflect these pivotal moments in the narrative like a okay yeah Yeah, okay so i'm gonna break it down kind of section by section okay Okay. you've got um the intro of the song itself which is Oh, that cello, first mm-hmm. of all. Okay, so what we've got in the intro, we've got one acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and and one string note. Right, and then you get... Right, okay, from the cello, which is dope. Um, and you get this gorgeous... That part is just fantastic, okay? It's an A minor chord. It's like an A minor seven chord, okay? And then it goes to... You could call it a couple things. You could call it an A minor seven add 13 or you could call it an a uh, you could call it an f sharp half diminished over a really what it has the function of is like playing a d7 over the a root okay that's an easier way to play it when i think of it like that okay i'm basically playing a d7 chord and just hitting the open a on the bottom yeah i'm playing the bottom five strings so here's right that's how you'd play that yeah, yeah, essentially. So it's unusual for the song because the rest of the song is played in a melodic minor mode, which would mean that it would be A, B, C, D, E, F natural, 
G, right? But what you get is da 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 da. You get that that uh that thirteen, okay? That F sharp, which is part of the would be part of a D chord, right? A major a major D chord. So what you're essentially getting. The the so he's just play, the way he's playing that note is on the sixth string if you're counting from the bottom like the highest note second fret so he's basically playing the D seven that way I'll tell you exactly how he's playing okay, it okay okay so it, because playing it on guitar is too fun okay if you listen to it if you listen to what he's doing his the here's the notes that you hear ringing you hear the low A mm-hmm. okay then you hear on the from the high end you hear the high e mm-hmm. then you hear the b right it's got that the open, so open. b okay. uh, so uh and then bun, da, 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 on the G which is a c fretted on the third string and then you hear the a g fretted yeah. on the fourth string okay so it's a a, a so yeah. it's a a, a minor a, a minor seven. 7 so yeah. you're getting the root note you're playing your a minor chord you're just removing the c from the b in you're just shifting over shifting. so if you think of it's almost like playing part of a c power chord mm-hmm. as a um like a a what do you call it? like a bar chord it's the t- okay? it's the, so you're going notes, yeah. from the top down you're going e, e b, b c, c g, g a okay okay that's yeah. what you're getting from the top down it's not hard to play okay. like no it's two notes you're two fretting notes, two yeah. notes okay then the second chord all you're doing is moving your ring finger mm-hmm. to the left one fret because okay. you're going C B, I'm, I'm sorry, E, e B, B C, F, F sharp, yeah. A. Okay. Okay. Nothing else moves. Yeah. So here's your, you're, right? Listen to yeah. it one more time. That's cool. That's literally the only note that changes cool. in that it intro. It sounds so different. It sounds, sounds like complete. It sounds adds, like a different chord. It adds it's this like, whole. I mean, it is, but. Yeah, but it adds this whole texture and yeah. drama. There's such drama in that intro. Yeah, but there's only one note different in those that's two awesome. chords. That's crazy. It, isn't that wild? So I just love from the very beginning. It's that's like awesome. that's great. Okay, now we're gonna go through just just the instrumentation and and the production. Verse by verse. Okay, we're going to break this down. So here's verse one. The gates and doors were barred. Vocal and acoustic. And one acoustic. Fastened down. I spent the night in sleeplessness and rose at every sound. Half in hopeless sorrow and half in fear the day. And we're just getting would find the sucked into the story, right? Establishing the story. Now, in interlude, two acoustics. You get a second acoustic in the left side. Verse two. Just before one the acoustic sunrise, and a piano, which is different than the Dolly version the because the Dolly version has double acoustics at the beginning. This is going to be not only changing but different through the whole song. This sparse piano got, that I love. You got a bass player that's entered too, and the sound right? Of not yet. Feet. Is that just the low part of his yeah, acoustic? Yeah, the low acoustic. Yeah. So now interlude, two guitars plus strings. There was no one there Verse three, acoustic guitar and harpsichord plus bass and hi-hat. John stood harpsichord on the right side. As she told us where she'd been. She said they Is there moved in Hotel California in the night, too? And none of us Did this song inspire where? Hotel California? <laughs> now we're going to full, full groove with full band and this drum groove that kills. We both ran toward the garden. Then John ran on ahead. We found the stone and the empty tomb just the way that Mary 
So you've got everything here. Two acoustics, strings, bass, drums, piano. Then we're going to bring it down. Verse 5, we're going to have an electric piano, a French horn, or a synth. Hi-hat and bass, and a light lead electric. John believed a miracle, but I just turned to go. Circumstance and speculation couldn't lift me very high. There's our friend. You get one note. Crucify him. Then I saw him die. Then a little more groove, a little bit of everything, just hitting tasty spots. Verse six. Back inside the house again, the guilt and anger. Hi hat, groove and hard. Rim shots for days. Yeah. Him a little more lead electric. To my shame. When at last it came to choices, I denied I knew his name. Then we're gonna build the drums. Was alive, it then everything's the out. Because the story's about to pivot. Okay? Now, I'm gonna pause this for one second. Because we're the story's about to pivot here, okay? Jesus is about to enter the scene personally. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're we've been talking about Jesus. There's this story that Jesus has has risen from the dead, but there's no proof yet other than Mary, right? Mary mm-hmm. saw him. Yeah. Nobody else has seen him yeah. yet. Okay. And it, let's be frank, I'm not sure the guys the guys didn't fully believe Mary. Sure. Right. Oh, I'm Thomas, hundred percent. You get it even in the lyric like, of the song. There was no one there but Mary, uh-huh. right? Yeah. It was like, but he was saying, well, I was expecting swords and torches. But uh-huh. I get it. But it's still, it's a little bit like, <laughs> a little tongue okay, cheek Mary, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Like, I hope you're right. Like, pr- uh-huh. Trust me, Mary. Sure. I sure. Hope We're cheering right. for you. Yeah, yeah. But okay. So now verse seven, we're getting a pivot in the story. Okay. Peter's about to see Jesus and everything comes down and you get this line. First of all that just destroys. Suddenly the air was filled with a strange and sweet perfume. Just kill me now, uh-huh. right? You get the, the the and I don't know if it's meant to be one of these two things or a combination of both. I don't know if it's supposed to be the perfume that, uh, uh, that they would put on a body to try and preserve it, right? Yeah. I don't know if that's the smell or if it's just like, Smells like Jesus. The smell of just Jesus' yeah. presence. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to, like, probably both. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so suddenly the air is filled with the strangest sweet perfume. Like, it's like, I, this this smell catches me off guard. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Either Something one happens. works. Yeah. So, and then you get a uh, light that came from everywhere, drove shadows from the room. Bro. Okay. Then, okay. So here's what's happening. We're about to get, it's suddenly everything becomes still again. Okay. And you get these hits, right? You get the first time you get two hits, bum, bum, bum. Well, I guess it's three things, bum, bum. And then another hit on the downbeat, bum. The second time you get, so we're still in A minor. So we're going A minor, G, A, right? This is the same concept as uh, a mi- Eye of the Tiger. A, a, a minor. Uh, a, yeah, yeah, A minor. Yeah. A, a G, A, A, a minor, G, A, A minor. It's just hard to say minor every time. Too much talking. So it's, yeah, it's kind of the Eye of the Tiger, bum, 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 those same chord movements, right? Then the second time you get a G over A is the hit. Okay. okay? So it's like this transitional thing that's going to take us to the to the four minor chord. Okay. But listen to this. And then we're going to go one big change on verse eight. But suddenly the air was filled with strange and sweet perfume. Light that came from everywhere drove shadows from the room. That chord, me oh, I love it. With his arms held open wide, 
And I fell down on my knees and just clung to him and cried. Okay, now, listen here. This is cool. Verse 8. He raised me to my Acoustic feet. only. Intimate. Into his eyes. Love was shining out from him like sunlight from the skies. That's a C major chord. Okay. We have not had that in the song yet. We've not had a C major chord, even though relative key mm-hmm. C, C major belongs. There's lots of notes that fits. Okay. It could have been played anywhere, and, but it's. And that fits the narrative, uh-huh. right? Love was shining out from him like sunlight from the skies. It's like a, it's like a, you, you, you feel the shift in what's happening in the room uh-huh. with this major. It's brighter. This one thing. Yes. It's get, it's brighter. There's, there's, you know, changes happening, yeah. right? It's just brilliantly placed and so much restraint yeah. to save that yeah, for right good. there. You know that's what I mean? Good. And so much thought to put that in, yeah. right? There's no need for that. Uh-huh. The song doesn't need that, uh-huh. but it's like b- the most delicious icing on the best <laughs> yeah, cake. That's good. You know? Yeah. Okay. Then we're going to do one more huge wild thing. We're going to get this lyric where he says everything, uh, every, every fear I'd ever had just melted into peace. And we're going to go from a minor into the parallel key of a major. Okay, we're not going into C that we're not doing the major, not the relative major, right? That you would expect. We're going from A minor into same root note, just major. Uh Okay, so like same situation, the situation hasn't changed, but everything has changed. Uh Okay, it's it's like that. (laughs) Okay, so here's here's what's about to happen. Guilt in my confusion, where that's a F major, which we haven't been using for that move yet until that point either. Every fear I'd ever, we're gonna go from major straight to minor, right here. The C sharp tells you it's major. Then we get this. Everything's in. All of a sudden, rock and piano part. The string line doubled. Come on. And then, come on, let's go. Let's go. He's playing that tambourine, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus coming in hot with the timbrel and dance. (laughs) And then John's going to hit the high note. (laughs) Did you get this nasty low synth that you haven't noticed before? Uh, it's so filthy, so filthy, dude. The re- so the end, the ending of that song is so intense. It like it's so good. Um, and listening to it in one piece, I encourage you to go back and listen to this whole thing as one piece and hear all that coming through without me yakking over the top of it. Man, it's great. Just let it, you dude, know, that let was it so in. good. That was such a great. So thank you for breaking that down. Thank that you was, very that much. was awesome. That, that was, was a stuff. lot of fun. Um, do we want to talk about some other pioneers of the Jesus music? Absolutely. Movement? Real quick. Uh, did you have anything else you want to touch on there? No, I, I, I feel like that was primarily my contribution to this episode. Dude, that was great. <laughs> that was contribution to the season. I freaking love that. Um, other pioneers of Jesus music, Larry Norman. Uh, wish we'd yeah. all been ready, and why should the devil have all the good music? And we talked a, a little bit of Larry Norman a few seasons ago with yep. Kevin Max. Kevin Max. Talk. Yep. Uh, Keith Green, um, he had a project called So You Want to Go Back to Egypt that has Bob Dylan on harmonica. <laughs> so that's kind of kind of neat. Keith Green, Keith Green was like the... I don't know how do you say it. He, he was like the um, 
the meanest Christian music artist <laughs> ever, right? He was like, you know, you think of like, oh, hippies who are getting saved and making music about Jesus, and it's like going to be all like, oh, I love you. <laughs> no, Keith Green was like, Jesus is great. You all suck. Yeah. Like that was kind of key thing. He was like just full of rebuke and whatever. He did he did it from yeah. a loving place, but he was like, "Listen, there is still a standard. Yeah. Let's talk about it." Yeah. You know. That's good. I love that. That's good. Uh Sweet Comfort Band, uh they had a song called Get Ready with a vocalist y'all might have known of. His name's uh, Brian Duncan. Yeah. Uh, he was Brian he was Duncan. Second Chapter of Acts, they had a concept album mm. called Roar of Love, which is uh, basically the C.S. Lewis, Lion, the Witch, and the yeah. Wardrobe album. I have it on vinyl. So I, do, I have it on 8-track. Oh, nice. Uh, so I'll bring that down. Uh, the Easter song's probably their biggest, which yeah. we probably should have played since it's Easter week. But <laughs> um, the one of the biggest projects from that was called How the West Was Won, and it was Second Chapter of Acts and uh, Phil Keggy. And yeah. so I'm a huge Keggy fan. So anyway, all kinds of pioneers in the Jesus music yeah. movement. Also, movement. Uh, one of my personal favorites would be, and this would be later, uh, a a little bit later, okay. uh, but you get like uh, the Resurrection Band yeah, slash Rev band. band. Yeah, Glenn Kaiser. Glenn Kaiser. Glenn Kaiser is one of my favorite all-time artists. Absolutely. Um, doing like gospel blues. Yeah. Dude. Man, guy can rip. Go. He's so good Great at it. Job. It doesn't suck. Like that's the yeah. fa- It's like actually good. Yeah. You know? I get it. I get what you're saying. Um, let's, uh, let's play Stump the Genius. Let's do it. Let's do it. Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius. It's time to Stump the Genius. Take your part. All right, so we're going to do Stump the Genius. I hope it's not Bible trivia. Famous Dons. <laughs> so I'm going to do okay. Famous Dons. Famous Dons. Don okay. Francisco. Not like okay. Don Corleone, but like right. Okay. people. <laughs> right, sure, yes. <laughs> that, that would be the only one I could think of. <laughs> Just all from the Godfather. All from the Godfather. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, all right, so there's eight. Okay. How long do we need eight? Eight? Uh, let's do, man. I think I can do eight in 30 seconds. No let's, way. Like, no? Let's, no way. Okay. Let's do at least five seconds each. 40 seconds. 40 let's seconds. Do four. Okay. All right. Just to be safe. Let's do, I mean, yeah, we could try 35 if you're feeling, I, I got to give good clues. Let's do 40. Let's do 40. Let's do 40. Yeah. Okay. All right. Pass if you get stuck so okay. that we can try to get through a mini. Okay. All right. Let's see. All right. What do I need to, hold on. I need to find a good, uh, wah, wah, good trumpet. Here we go. There, there go. it is. Good. All right. That's, that's it. Good. Okay. All right. 40 seconds. Famous Dons. Give me a countdown. Three, two, one, go. Uh, drummer for the Eagles, Into Henley. the Innocence, uh, American Pie, Vincent uh, McLean. McLean. Uh, Barney from Andy Griffith. Um, Don, my Don stomach's Knotts. all tied up in. Yeah. Uh, last president, <laughs> bad dancer. Trump. Makeup, yep. Uh, <laughs> boxing promoter, not queen. Oh. Um, uh, big hair. Don uh, King. Yeah, King. Uh, first baseman for the Yankees. Mustache. Yes. Uh, Miami Vice. Johnson. No, yeah. Um, played solo on Hulto, California. Was in the Eagles. Felder. Yeah, boom. Dude, oh, that's man. awesome. Good job. I had, oh, good. I set a timer for 39 minutes. <laughs> you did it. So, <laughs> I set for 40, 40 minutes, but I still did it in the allotted amount of time. Good okay. job. That was wow. good. 100%. Yeah. Don Henley, good Don job. McLean, Don Knotts. Name was Don's. Don Trump. And Don Francisco. Don King. There we go. Don Mattingly. Don Johnson. Don Felder. Yeah. Yeah. Love Don Johnson. Underrated Don. How about that? Underrated Don. Underrated Don. He's not a Mount Rushmore Don, but he's an underrated Don. That's true. He's not Magic Johnson. Yeah. No. Don Don Johnson. Miami Vice. Nash Bridges. Nash Bridges. There you uh, go. Knives Out. You know, yeah. I mean, he's got he's got anything he's in. I like him in. Yeah, I I, I, yeah underrated underrated Don underrated Don highly underrated. Um, all right, so we're gonna go uh, now to our interview with Don Francisco, and uh, we're gonna talk about the the um 
the industry not being what you might think it should be. And I'll be honest, I'm kind of proud of landing this one because this guy oh, yeah. is not. He's not easy to hang out. You know, he's yeah. he's, he's not around the corner. I mean, he's around somebody's right. corner, but no. Yeah, he's We're going to talk about like he he kind of left the industry behind, yeah. went independent, and has just done his own thing for a long time. Uh, and we'll talk to him about why and you know how all that's going and how all that. Shout outs started. to his wife for running point on helping uh, get the interview set up with him. Yeah, and for helping him man the Zoom. That's right. All right, so let's go right now to our interview with Don Francisco. We'll catch you on the other side. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with CCM and gospel music legend Don Francisco. Uh, I can't even. I've got. I've got friends whose brains are going to explode when they hear me say that. <laughs> um, I mean, literally, I can't wait to play this episode for my acoustic guitar player Ray at church. Dude, my and not to say this because of their age, but my parents geeked out when I told them that I was hanging out with Don Francisco. They're like, "No way!" I'm like, "I promise, it's happening." <laughs> so seriously, you are you are a, a legend in that. In, in that CCM community. And so we just want to, we're grateful to have the chance to talk to you and honor you uh, and just be with you for a few minutes today. So thank you so much for joining us on the Great Song Podcast. You're quite welcome. <laughs> um, so uh, first of all, I'm interested to know, <clears throat> you have been a part of the Christian music community um, and we'll call it, we'll call it CCM for shorthand. I don't know if you think of yourself as a CCM artist, but you're sort of on the forefront of what became the CCM, um, you know, industry. Um, are you still listening to, do you listen to modern CCM? Uh, and do you have thoughts on the Christian music industry as it stands today? <laughs> I know that's well, a, that's a big actually, question. No, actually for me, it's not a big question at all is, uh, I just very seldom listen to uh, the output of the music business, period. Okay. Uh, un unless someone happens to you know, say, hey, listen to this, and that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> no. Uh, the, uh, the, the industry and what it tends, it seems to, to value has just kind of left me behind. Mm. That's interesting. Where do you, did you feel a, without having to like name any names or anything, did you feel a, a time period where that shift began to happen? Oh, no. I, I just, over, over time, I, I just, maybe it just <laughs> happens when you get old. I just pay less attention to what media has to say and more with what I sense in the spirit and what I hear from people that I know. Okay. So, uh, let's, let's talk about that because, we, so, uh, you know, we don't, we talk to usually one, uh, maybe two Christian artists a season and, and then the rest we're talking to folks in rock music and, you know, other, other things like that. So we don't hear people talk a lot about sensitivity to the spirit. That's just not a conversation <laughs> we get to have often. We love it. But. Yeah. Uh, and, and that makes sense to us. Um, but if, you know, for our listeners benefit, could you explain, uh, you know, sort of what that means to you and, and how it informs your, your songwriting and even just your life? Well, to me, sensitivity to the spirit should not be something that's that's only discussed by Christians. I think it's uh, a mistaken doctrine uh, to to have the idea that 
if you're not part of the Christian community that you can't hear the Spirit of God speak. Mm. To me, that's that's craziness uh, because we can we can all hear the Spirit of God speak, uh, and uh, uh, I don't think anybody's got a corner on it really. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how I would how I, I would deal with with the idea. I, in fact, I kind of envy your contact with the uh, secular music business because uh, I ran into to so much weirdness <laughs> during my years that I'm still trying to get my brain. You know, okay, one of the one of the most helpful things in 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 my life. Uh, is about a year and a half ago, we, we moved house from uh, northern Colorado to southwestern Colorado. And when we got here, we didn't know anybody except uh, my stepdaughter and her husband. And since then, we've gotten to know people that have helped my wife build her barn. All right? That's great. Yeah. Okay. And, these, and these are not people that that you meet in church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, these, these are uh, what I would call gig laborers, but there is a network of trust and uh, that's, that's not based on artificial, if you'll excuse me, belief systems. Sure. It's, uh, uh, it's a question of, of whether this guy is, is going to be honest in his dealings with you. Whether uh, whether you're going to be uh, treated fairly and kindly, and uh, it's it's a network that I've I'm starting to learn my way into that doesn't have anything to do with religion at all. It has to do with basic humanness, and to me, I've I've started to value that way of. Love religious beliefs. Yeah, you've, you've, I love your take on, I've read a lot of stuff that you've, I'm, I'm a Don Francisco fan, so your difference in re, in religion and a re, religious message versus a message of love. I mean, you even have an album called Only Love is Spoken Here. So yeah, I think you touched yeah. on that a lot. And then uh, the different, there's a difference in churchianity and Christianity. So I think you can kind of expand on that a little bit, like you were just saying. I think that's great. Well, one of the uh, this, this is this is not new. I mean, there was a. Uh, uh, oh, first of all, let me let me put in one of my favorite cartoons. And I'm sorry, I don't try to pitch myself as an intellectual. Uh, my my mind works in three to five minute songs and five panel cartoons. You know, that's, that's great. Not, that's great. If 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 you can't you know simplify it down. To there, then maybe you need to work on your thinking a little bit more. Anyway, there, there's a cartoon that that shows uh, three different things. You know, one, uh, and this is uh, the deadly things. All right, uh, for uh, Superman, it's kryptonite. He can't deal with kryptonite. You know, it just takes all his strength. You kill him with it. Dracula can't deal with sunlight. You know, that just that just kills him. And evangelicals can't deal with church history. <laughs> ah, man. Wow. There, that was, yeah. that's pretty that was unexpected. Okay. Pretty heavy right there. <laughs> that's, that's good. Okay. Uh, uh, that's well said. The apost- <laughs> the, the, this is 
silly, but the Apostle Paul, you know, didn't speak in King James English. Or, yeah. You know. right. Okay, but we 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 approach church history as as Christians like it began around 1500. You know, and it, <laughs> there's an awful lot of stuff before that, and and. If you if you don't understand it, if you don't know it, then you can be swept along by culture and what it teaches as this is what the Bible clearly says. Sure. And uh, that phrase is the, the Bible clearly says, man, that just sets me off every time. Well, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell our listeners to if you enjoy this side of Don speaking, you'll love his MythBuster stuff on his page that that you guys have yeah. you know, when you put together where the the whole debunking of the men are in charge of women and some objects, plants and animals and minerals are evil. There's all kinds of oh. heavy <laughs> heavy topics that Don does not shy away from jumping in and talking on on there. So uh, I'll tell our our viewers to go check out his his takes on that. Anyhow, what I was trying to to get to, and I tend to to lose the thread the thread when I get excited about stuff, <laughs> is in around 1900. I forget the exact date. Uh, a man who should be well known, named uh, William James, uh, wrote a book called "Varieties of Religious Experience." If 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 you you at least ought to check out a summary of it. But one of his his points is that there are two kinds of religion. There's first-hand religion, and there's second-hand. First-hand comes when an individual has an experience with God. Second-hand is when they get it from other people and from books. Mm-hmm. And we have supposedly, as, as Christians, we're supposed to have the first-hand kind. That's what your spirit, your heart, your internal, you know, that's that's what it's there for. You can hear. All of us can hear. It just takes slowing down and being quiet. Interesting. Um, God didn't stop speaking a long time ago. He still does. Absolutely. Yeah, we agree with I'm that. I'm with you. I'm with you there. Um, so it you're, you're a humble guy, um, but it... But it can't be sort of uh, – uh, it's hard to shy away from the fact that you have written one of the great Easter anthems of all time uh, and just one of the great one of the great Christian songs of all time in He's Alive. And that's what we'll be focusing on when we, when we do this episode, when we release this episode. Um, and, you know, there's just – you can't – you can't downplay the fact that like that song is amazing and it's, and everybody knows if, you know, if you say the name Don Francisco to, uh, you know, to a hundred, um, uh, to a hundred people in the United States who don't think you're the Univision, uh, <laughs> Hispanic TV host. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my, my wife is Mexican. My wife is Mexican. And I told her and her family yeah. that we were interviewing Don Francisco and they freaked out. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> It's no, not no, your not Don Francisco. It's our. <laughs> it's my Don Francisco. That's what. Yeah, but it, not the same. Yeah, <laughs> but if but if people identify you with with one thing above all else, it's going to be that song. Um, and so I I got to know uh, what was it that inspired you to to write the story of the resurrection of Jesus, but through that particular lens of you know that sort of troubled perspective of the Apostle Peter. It was because I really identified with Peter. Now, it's, that's, that's easy to do because 
uh, a lot of the uh, New Testament stories about Jesus are told through his eyes. Sure. You know, and so it's 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 an easy thing to identify with him. But uh, I spent most of my 28 years before I really had an experience with Jesus uh, in denial of his reality and his love for me. And so I really identified with Peter when when he, you know, made that three times. He said, you know, I never knew him. I nope, not me. I don't know him. I don't know the guy. Because it, it, that that is kind of a guilt that that all of us carry to an extent, even if we've never actually done it per se. Anyhow, to back up a little bit, I first tried to write the song from Thomas's perspective uh, because I wanted to move the listener from you know doubt to to faith, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't get it to go anywhere. It just it just I just it just wouldn't wouldn't happen. So I tried it from uh, Peter's point of view and it was much easier because i could get into peter's head i I felt like i could get into peter's heart and thomas was never somebody i really identified with yeah yeah. and so it was that's that's uh i guess a large a large part of how it well it's it's the um I mean, it's a guaranteed. I, so uh, we both have led music at churches. Sorry, <clears throat> we both have led music at churches, and I and I'm a so a, I, I see that hand, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you know, it, he's alive is one of those songs that is a cross generational guaranteed Easter hit. You know monster, what I mean? Like it's like monster hit. Like it's for like real. it's like pulling out. Um, it's like pulling out. Uh, what's the uh, what's the song they play at every Red Sox game? It's like pulling oh, out Sweet, Sweet Caroline, Caroline at yeah. a Red Sox game. Yeah, right. Know, it's, that's good. You know you're gonna hear He's Alive. You know you're gonna hear Rise Again. Like yeah. those are the two. <laughs> yeah. that, like and, yeah. every Easter. That's and how. everybody's gonna love it from the oldest. I mean, I have I have young kids. Uh, you know, I have my my youngest is seven. Um, and all my kids know every word that he's alive. They just love it. Yeah. And it's not because we've force fed it to them. It's because they heard it and they went, this song is incredible. Yeah. Um, and you know, so it's just one of those, it's just one of those things that that's, I mean, that song is going to live in churches forever. Um, and so uh, to have, to have written something like that, I, I just have to congratulate <laughs> that's you. That's amazing. As, as, yeah, I know. Like, you know, real. I'm a songwriter too. And I, I, you know, to some degree, I understand the, the struggle of trying to write a great song. Yeah. Um, My motivation for writing that was uh, a friend of mine had had written a song uh, about the crucifixion. Okay, but it stopped there, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And it was it was this old Lord, forgive me the things that I have done. I have crucified your only son. And I just thought, oh my God, you can't you can't stop there. This is terrible. Let's let's all go out and, and kill ourselves. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's this more to not, this story, we yeah. promise. You yeah. had to write the B yeah. side. And so I, I I actually wrote the song as a reaction against wow. my friends. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. No names. No yeah, names. No, no, please. You're, nope. Um, no, no. <laughs> no names. So you're definitely a balladeer. Let's just say it. How did yeah. you land on ballads? And were, do you have a like a specific person that you gained influence from or were inspired by that was a, a, a ballad a balladeer? Or because you, you your songs are yeah, storytellers. Storytellers. Yeah. Well, all of them really. 
but I, I grew up, you know, during the, the folk scare. Yeah. As it's been called. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you know, with, with uh, Peter, Paul and Mary, okay. you know, and all, all, all that, all that stuff. Uh, I was in folk singing contests from the time I was like 18 years old or something like That's that. Awesome. And, and so I, I was, I was raised in the folk thing. Uh, my first instrument was a five-string banjo. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you know, your finger-picking uh, kind of lends itself yeah. to that banjo background. We get that yep, now. That makes, that's makes some that's sense. Exactly, exactly where I got it. My, my first gig uh, was in a restaurant. I didn't have a PA system, and I only had a nylon string guitar. So I used those banjo picks yeah. in desperation to try to make the guitar loud Give enough. Give it some volume. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's good. And after that, I was, I was just kind of stuck with it. So that's, that's how that happened. How are, your, how are your fingernails these days? Do you keep them long? No. Uh, I never did play with my nails. I always okay. use those picks. Okay. All and right. so that was a big struggle for me in the recording studio because by that time I'd, I'd moved to a steel string guitar and there was always it's clickety clickety yeah, click yeah. going on. It just drove drove me nuts, but eh, it's just how I play. Get rid of it. Just okay. just 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 get used to it. I and saw I saw a video not too long ago of, of you and Wendy playing. I didn't even realize she played the other guitar. You were doing "Gotta Tell Somebody," and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I didn't even know that that she played. Oh, uh, she's she was in the group Wendy and Mary. Okay, okay. Back, yeah, back in the day when I was. You know, doing, doing my thing. thing too. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, as 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 far as as I'm concerned, she has just her talent just makes me look like a one trick pony. <laughs> and she's she 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 has done all the string arrangements. Oh yeah. On 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 all the albums that all the half dozen albums or so I've done in the last you know fifteen years or that's twenty awesome. years or so. That's great. And. Uh, Harmony vocals, man, I've talked about a world-class harmony vocalist. She picks it up by ear, picks it up like that, and and is the most complex songwriter. She comes up with these chords. You know, I'm a I'm a major and minor guy. Yeah. You know, you 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 uh throw them them diminished or tormented chords at me, man. I can't play that stuff. That's funny. <laughs> Demented, tormented. Yeah, all that shit. How yeah. impactful was, okay, kind of backtrack a little bit. How impactful was, Rob talked about he's live. How impactful important was it winning a Dove Award in 1980? Was that something that you like, care about? Were you an awards guest by that? There's the reaction. Oh, there's, there's, there's a great story behind that, man. Oh, let's the, hear it. Uh, let's do it. The year previous, I was living in Nashville, and everybody I knew, and lots of people I didn't, would come up to me and say, "Man, we've 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 heard a lot around, you know." And really up at the Dove Award this year, and so I thought, "Oh, wow, this is cool. This is cool." So <laughs> I went to the Dove Awards that year. And I didn't get squat, <laughs> zip, zero, nothing. <laughs> and uh, I left the ceremony, you know, just feeling like a piece of crap, you know, like I was, 
I was just, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna be the big. Win. And then I left feeling like I hope nobody notices I even came yeah. here because this is really humiliating. And so I, and then the next year, uh, I, I pushed it out of my memory because it was so painful. And I was overseas on a tour uh, when uh, uh, the Dove Awards came out and when the word when i got the word that 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 i i'd won a couple of them i thought oh that's nice but you know i'm 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 really grateful for having experienced both sides yeah of it because uh i got to experience the record company's treatment of an unsuccessful artist okay because Before that happened, my recording career was just going down the toilet. And man, the record company wouldn't even return my phone calls. Wow. And they they started dunning me, you know, for the the few records that I bought to, to sell on the road and stuff. And so it was, it was good to, to see it from the bottom. And then the the top, I think was a little more realistic. Okay. Hmm. Well, uh, you did mention you hinted at your time in Nashville. So I want to ask about one particular thing in Nashville, the Belmont Avenue Church of Christ, uh, where you played alongside some of the greats. I mean, Amy Grant, Brown Bannister, Chris Christian. Tell about Talk about that venue and kind of what the, yeah, I mean, we can even talk, you can take that as far as talking about the, the Jesus movement from the, you know, 60s, 70s, early 80s. Kind of talk a little bit about that that venue in relation to the, the Jesus movement. You can go where you want with that. Yeah, uh, the uh, uh, Belmont Church of Christ, as as you probably know, the uh, Church of Christ does not allow musical instruments in their in their services, and so they had this little coffee shop that they opened up in the uh, little storefront that they had across the street, and and that was where uh, musicians could perform, and so uh, Dogwood was you know one of the originals there Janie I knew Janie really well she was she was just just a wonderful wonderful woman so was, so were so were all the guys in dogwood uh, outside of those two I didn't really know anybody else the ones that that you mentioned they kind of came along a little bit after okay. I wandered off I I think but um uh, Janny actually gave me a van Whoa. that uh, that that helped me to to do my first concert tour. That's awesome. And That's... she just and she just did it because she felt the spirits say she was supposed to do it. We talked about that early so in this was... episode. Like sometimes you got to follow that. Yeah. So I'm glad she did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's cool. That's well. What and I... it was yeah. it was it was it was it was really good too that I'd followed the spirit a half an hour before that because I was going to buy this old van that looked like it might be pretty good and I was borrowing some money from my dad and everything and at the last minute I felt no this is wrong I'm not supposed to do this and so I canceled the sale. A seller just got irate, just called me all kinds of names. It was, they got really ugly. And then I went home. I just said, no, well, no. And the phone rang. And I picked it up. And uh, Bill, uh, Janny's husband, said, uh, do you still need a van? <laughs> and if I'd said, well, no, I just got one, it would have been over. Done, yeah. 
you, you'd have missed a blessing for both you guys, for her and you. Yeah. So oh, yeah. And it was, it was, and her, her van was so much better than that piece of crap <laughs> I was going to get. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. Well, I got we got a couple more questions. You've been yeah. so so kind. Um, I do want to ask. I'll talk to touch on one thing. This is just kind of something that I like. I really like "Time for My Friends" on the Grace on Grace album. So I'm just going to throw that out there. That's a JP. There's times in these interviews where you talk about things we like. That's that's my that's my deep cut for you there. That's my jam. Um, talk about the story of being barred from oh. the UK in 2009. <laughs> I gotta have. I gotta hear it from you for not having the appropriate visa. What happened there? Oh boy, <laughs> that was that was that was miserable. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, you you might have run across a, a Saturday Night Live sketch about trying to get through immigration and customs in the UK. You know, it's it's infamous across the world. Yeah, you know they can they can be really really mean, and they're kind of a, an institution of their own that's not really answerable to the rest of the government or to the people, because what they do only affects foreigners who have no say in, you know, how things work. But anyway, they changed the laws, the rules about what, how it was okay to get into the country. I didn't find out until afterwards, but a lot of uh, Christians had been not only barred from the country, but thrown out after they'd gotten in because they didn't have the correct paperwork. They'd passed passed this this law that that said uh, uh, that you had to, if you were a religious worker of of any kind, you had to be sponsored by an organization within the UK that had the correct paperwork and had paid for it, which cost like 700 pounds or something, a thousand bucks or more. And so you had to have this done, but they'd only passed that rule a couple of months before I hit the system. Okay. And when I, when I got there, uh, I had two triggers. Uh, one was I didn't have that paperwork and it would be understandable that I didn't since it was new, but I had a brand new passport. And when you, uh, are an experienced world traveler and you have a brand new passport, they think you're trying to hide something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you put those things together and man, they, they threw me in the lockup. I was in jail. I was in jail in Heathrow for over six hours. Wow. And the uh, sponsor of what I was going to be doing in, in the UK pulled all the strings he could even got some people in the, uh, aristocracy to make phone calls, you know, it's the, but it, nope, it didn't work. Wow. And I was escorted by two guards armed with loaded shotguns Jeez. to a flight back to the U.S. to make sure I left and was not coming back. Wow, man, that's t- and that's in 2009. I was going to say, that's, that's not that's, like in 64. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that was, uh, it was, uh, it was not a good day. <laughs> it was a rough day. Put it mildly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, all right. I got a couple. I got a couple. I got to ask you before we hang up here. Um, first of all, um, 
going back to He's Alive for a minute, anytime Dolly Parton covers a writer's songs, it's a big deal. But I imagine, you know, given Dolly's rise to kind of like a superhero status in the last decade or so in the United States, that, uh, you know, hopefully you've seen an impact on your end as well. What is Dolly? What has Dolly's version of He's Alive meant to you over the years? Actually, other, well, <laughs> it hasn't had that much of an impact. The biggest impact was uh, she sent me flowers that Christmas. Oh, that's, now that's cool. That's awesome. That's yeah, that was <laughs> that was great. But uh, I had such a lousy deal with the record company. In fact, it's almost criminal that the royalties from He's Alive are just minuscule. Really? I mean, Man. They, they just really don't count much. Man, you hate to hear so, that because so, it's such an impactful song. Like it, uh, I know yeah, well, it's... I'm sorry, I was just, I was just you know young and and uh, and and trusting, and I didn't realize what you know yeah. what was what was happening, and then there it was. So I know there are a couple of different versions of "He's Alive" of yours out there. Do you own masters to any of those? No. Wow, man, that makes me irritated. I hate to hear that so much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that's a that's a sensitive that's a spot down. for us. Yeah, that we're, we want to we yeah, yeah we as 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 well it should be because there are uh, well um, uh, John John Fogarty got got the worst screw job I think I've ever heard of from the business. But later on, a couple three decades down the road, this millionaire billionaire I don't know how much money the guy had uh, heard about it. And he decided he was going to bail uh, John Fogarty out, and he did. Yeah. And he 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 got all his rights back, and 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 gave him a bunch of money. And if there's somebody out there that would like to do that for me, I mean, <laughs> absolutely. <I'm> just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, me and Rob are no, not billionaires, I, I, but uh, <laughs> maybe one of our listeners. Can. Yeah. Okay. But uh, seriously. Uh, I have been well taken care of That's in good. spite of the fact that, uh, you know, from a, a business perspective, I was not dealt with fairly. Uh, I've had a very good life right. and uh, I've, I've, I've never wanted for stuff, you know? And so uh, you have to avoid getting into, uh, you know, bitterness and stuff. You just can't do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it'll just, kept it'll a good, just eat your lunch for it. Certainly kept a good attitude through <laughs> yeah. everything with all that. I right. want to hear one of Rob's questions about your guitar. Okay, the, I'm just one, curious. We have two questions, one for Rob and one for me, and then we'll let you enjoy your day. Don, you've been so kind. Yeah. We, hope, we appreciate it. Hope you've enjoyed this. So. I'm just curious. Before we, before we started recording, uh, I said, I bet that Don is one of these guys that's been playing the exact same guitar since the seventies. Um, <laughs> what is, do you have, what is your, what is your acoustic guitar that you're, that you're playing and how long have you been playing it? It's actually the same guitar I've had since 1962. Hey, Whoa. That's awesome. Wow. That's great. Oh, we love that so much, man. Um, what is it? It's, a Martin D28. Okay. And it's it's old enough to be one of those Martins made of real Brazilian yeah. rosewood. Mm. Man, that's great. And it yeah, it's all 
all the new guitars I've ever tried to play. I won't talk about the different brands, but you know, they, they have beautiful sounds and everything, but if you hit them really hard, they go, <laughs> and you hit that D28, it goes, boom. That's great. And oh, it's, I love it's, it. it's, and it's, you know, it really affected how I was able to write songs because I could put the emotion in an acoustic guitar, mm. which is hard to do, you yeah. know, because lots, lots of them just aren't there for you. But yeah, uh, actually, when I was 16 years old, I was wandering around the music store and I came home and said, Dad, will you please buy me this? This this, uh, a brand new D28 was 400 bucks. Okay. Yeah. And I said, Dad, I promise if you buy me this guitar, I'll quit smoking. Oh, okay. (laughs) I love that. That's a win win for everybody. That's that's, that's awesome. I don't know if, if he really believed me or not. But he bought me the guitar, and I quit smoking 12 years later. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you didn't put the uh, in the small print. You know, that, that's a – anyway, there's a, there's a joke underlying there. That, well, well, that's, that's funny, the small print. Okay. Yeah, okay, and look, let me just add one other little uh, story here that you might like. Um, I got the money that I used to buy my first guitar when I was 14 and I was, I played hooky from Sunday school, went down, went down the alley and got in a blackjack game and won $22 and 50 cents and went to Sears Roebuck and got this, this harmony arch top oh, guitar. Oh man, yes. Sears used to strings sell of, harmonies out of the catalog, even the GS. Yeah, great. I love that. With string, strings about half an inch off the frets, man, it was a meat grinder. Oh, it was awful. But I loved it, man. I loved it and practiced till my fingers bled. That's great. And that was that was that was how I how I learned how to play was on that. Man, that's that, awesome. That's great. That's blackjack guitar. I love that. All right. Yeah. Don, we got yeah. one last question we ask everybody. So let's say yeah. you get back on the road and decided you wanted to go on tour. You got a wild <laughs> hair. Or let's just say you're traveling. You go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of your gas station snack food, I'll tell you mine. I would get a Three Musketeers bar. Uh, when I was growing up, my mom would say you could have any candy bar you want, and that's the most ounces. It's a Three Musketeers bar. So that's what I would get. What do you get in a gas station, Don? Well, that depends on the time of day. Okay. During, during the daytime, I would get a, a fried cherry pie. And some black coffee. Okay. And at, and at nighttime, I would get a fried cherry pie and a quarter milk. Okay. <laughs> so the cherry pie is it's, lo- the it's a lock. Yeah. It's, it's in there. Yeah. It just the, the beverage of choice <laughs> changes based on the hour. That's great. Oh, love well, a good fried cherry yeah, pie. Yeah. Well, Don, next time you're in Nashville, look us up. We'll go grab a fried cherry pie That's and we'll right. sit around and, and, and talk guitars and stuff. This has been fun, man. You okay. Mean, well, okay. But next time. Unless hell freezes over, I don't know if I'll ever come back to Nashville. Okay. Well, when we come visit Colorado, That's right. we'll look you up. There and, you go. And we'll Here bring you a fried is, cherry this pie. Is, yeah. This is God's country. I'm not sure at all about Nashville. In, <laughs> in, fact, in fact, I spell the word, the name Nashville with a G. Na- oh, G-N-A-S-H. Oh, there yeah. we go. Well, there you go. That's great. Yeah, so... 
Okay, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding about that <laughs> stuff. Know, you've, been, you've been great. Thanks for what you've done for Thank the world you. of music. Like yeah. you have contributed more than uh, you may even know, or more than you even get credit for. So we thank you for it, Don. Well, thank you, JP. Thank you, Rob. And I, this is, this has been fun. And uh, as you know, interviews are not always like that. Hey, yeah. well, we're glad to hear it. We try to bring a little lighthearted uh, yeah. goodness. You've been, you've been a yeah. blast, Don. So thanks, guys. Thanks, awesome. guys. We'll thank you so soon. much. All right. Bye bye. This is the Great Song Podcast. This is the Great Song Podcast. And that was Don Francisco, <laughs> CCM <laughs> legend, legend, kind enough to join us for a few minutes on the Great Song Podcast. And uh, we've got a great story. I think that we're going to just leave on Patreon. So if you need an incentive to uh, join the Patreon family, you can do that and hear a little bit of behind the scenes of what just happened that had us in tears laughing. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's great stuff. But uh man, Don Francisco, what a legend in in that it, like for a certain group of people, it doesn't get much bigger than Don Francisco. Yeah. And so I'm glad to have been able to talk to him, you know, for for the people who love and respect what he's done over the years. Um and it's it's very cool. So, uh happy Easter, happy everything, happy whatever your thing is. I hope you're happy. Uh and uh <laughs> You know, we'll be back next week with another great song. Uh, Until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music.